When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, it's, it's an honor to, to break Randy Moss's uh, record. Um, him being a Hall of Famer and um, him just being so dominant in this league. Um, and, and to break his record is, is a, a truly a blessing. Um I mean, it's it's truly crazy to to be in this position. Um, and uh, the cliques, uh, the cliques, I had to honor him. Um, you know, I I had a good chance to break the record today, so um, I, I had to I had to put him on the cliques. I got to get him to sign it so I can put him in my my trophy case. Justin Jefferson talking about being the most productive rookie wide receiver in the history of the NFL, at least in the Super Bowl era. This is a Vikings Statements Monday on Purple Daily as we close the book on a 7-9 season and open the book on what should be a really interesting and speculative offseason. But first, a thank you and a shout-out to Corona Hard Seltzer, Declan. They have been helping power this show and Vikings Ventline all throughout the season, and we bow down to them. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Corona Hard Seltzer, I, I didn't dabble too much in the Corona Hard Seltzers before this partnership, and I was instantly hooked. It's got four great flavors in blackberry, lime, mango, and cherry. And uh, not only do they provide great coverage uh, for us on Purple Daily and a couple seltzers in with some great hot takes, uh, but I was very impressed with how it tasted and it was delicious. And they also fueled many other nights when I wasn't delivering takes uh, sitting at home in the North Loop. So Corona Hard Seltzer, a big thank you to being the only hard seltzer with Pure Beach Vibes with a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. You know, we just, with the, with the turnover that we had, the injuries that we had on defense, uh, you know, we just weren't, we weren't good enough. You know, we fought like crazy, and, you know, 7 nine's not great, but through all the circumstances and everything that went on, um, you know, maybe it's the best we could have done. You know, you do know, boy, we were, we were golly, we were really close to being in the playoffs. And um, if anything, it just gives me an edge a little bit, and I'll make, you know, want to make sure our teammates have that edge as we go to the offseason and then get ready for next year that, hey, guys, you know, these wins or losses are one play and we got to work and prepare and grind with that understanding. And, um, you know, now we just got to look forward. It's hard to look back and say what could have been, but uh, proud of the way we fought today and got the win. 
Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer commenting on a seven and nine roller coaster season. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and welcome to Purple Daily. Welcome to 2021 and the off season, which should be a super compelling, at least in terms of like what they could do this off season and the draft. And we've got you covered every single day here on Purple Daily. And just before we dive into Viking statements. Um, we were just talking off microphone and we've been just sort of texting back and forth the last couple of days. A huge thank you to everyone who discovered this show for the first time in 2020 because Judd and I are sort of old radio dogs, right? Like Judd's a newspaper guy, radio. We've done a radio show for seven years. Dog is a good term. 1500 ESPN and Score North. And in 2020, we made a pretty aggressive, and I'll use a buzzword, pivot to incorporate more YouTube and and just be more uh, podcast and YouTube friendly in addition to finding us from 5 to 6 o'clock on AM 1500 Score North Radio in the Twin Cities. Our culture changed. Big culture change. Circle back. What are some other 2020 meeting words? Back. Pivot. I can't think of any yeah. more. Culture's but, uh, my favorite. Yeah, it's good. But um, a lot of people who have discovered us for the first time and sent us notes, we thank you very much and uh, we'll be sure to continue giving you Daily Vikings discussion and entertainment. In fact, every Tuesday and Thursday, if not even more days, we're going to go with our How to Fix uh, How to Fix the Vikings series. And starting this week, it's coming up fast. In two days, we are expanding Mackie and Judd's Write That Down segment to Purple Daily. So in addition to Write That Down predictions on Wednesdays on Mackie and Judd, we will make Vikings specific predictions every Wednesday on Purple Daily. We are the only show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable with batting averages and uh, and slaps each other upside the heads with how wrong we usually were with our predictions. So if you want to be part of Write That Down Purple Daily Edition, you can send me or Declan a DM on Twitter at Phil Mackey. My DMs are open. I don't know if yours are open, Declan. But Mine are open. My, oh, my DMs are open. You can slide into you can Declan's slide DMs, in DMs especially if you're a beautiful I, woman. Why am I know? not surprised that Declan's DMs are <laughs> wide open? It's gotten me in some trouble sometimes, yes. No, you know, really, that's surprising. I don't know if trouble's the right word. That kind of sounds bad, but um, nah, 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 maybe trouble. Yeah, trouble's a good word. Yep. He's at Dex's tweets, D-E-X-S tweets, and uh, we'll get you scheduled in. I think we have an opening this Wednesday because this is the first time we're announcing this. So uh, if you want to uh, be the first one. Two Wednesdays from now, we have one opening, I believe. Okay. We, I think we're booked for uh, this week, but yes. Cool. Awesome. Cinnamon. How about some Viking statements, boys? Let's do it. We'll go around the room until we run out of things to say about the Vikings. Um, and if you guys want, I mean, you can usually these are statements that kind of pertain to the game itself. Uh, yeah, not today. I'm going more big picture here. I'm all big picture. Big who, victory who ca- yesterday. Who cares about that game yesterday? That was just atrocious. the officials were great yesterday. Oh, the Kyle. officials were really on top of their game. They really what, showed What did up. they see the it was it was a cornerback blitz or a safety blitz by the Lions yeah. and it was just like a standard sack of Kirk Cousins yeah and, they, and the official like insta <laughs> throws a flag yeah. and I, by the way the rule of like not landing a hundred percent on the the body of a quarterback that's almost impossible when you're running full speed and it mostly applies to defensive linemen that's what I was going to say cornerback fat guys Cousins not guys more who are skinnier guy. than Kirk Cousins that, <laughs> right. that's what made the call so hilarious it's like there's more of a chance that the cornerback would be get hurt by Kirk Cousins than vice versa. Know, anyway, all right. Throw it, Judge. Statement number one. The Vikings and Rick Spielman in particular, I guess, found gold in Justin Jefferson. And if the Vikings do not sit down starting today to design a large part of their offense and the philosophy by which it works for 2021 around Justin Jefferson, people should definitely lose their jobs this time next year. 
So, and I'm not talking about because here's what I'm going to get now. You you see the stats they threw him the ball, yeah, but blah, blah blah blah. The Vikings entered yesterday eighth, I believe, in the league in rushing attempts. Okay, that's attempts. Twenty seventh in the league in passing attempts. They are a run first. They rotate around Dalvin Cook offense, and then the things that come with it are all behind Dalvin Cook. All right. So my statement is no more. This needs to become largely, and I don't care how you find the protection for Cousins, you need to do it. It needs to become much more the Justin Jefferson show with Dalvin playing a really important supporting role, but the script, to put it succinctly, should be flipped because Justin Jefferson is a special talent yeah. at an area where teams are constantly looking for special talents these days. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So, so Justin Jefferson winds up with 1,400 receiving yards on the nose, which is a big season for even like the best wide receivers in the league. Yeah. He only really played meaningful snaps in 14 of the 16 games, and he's a freaking rookie in a run-first offense. Yes, this is incredible. So he was targeted 41 fewer times than Stefan Diggs and yet finished only 100 yards behind him and uh, wound up with 16 yards per reception, which is ridiculous. So so Justin Jefferson, as great as he is, was only 18th in the NFL in targets. And on the Stefan Diggs front, if you want to if you want to go down and say, All right, was he right? Was he wrong? So Stefan Diggs last year with the Vikings was targeted 94 times. That number jumped to 166. He almost doubled his targets <laughs> yeah. from last year to this year. And yes. so from a selfish standpoint, it worked out for him. But I think I think people are so keyed in on how selfish Stefan Diggs has been in, in in what he's been saying about the Vikings the last couple of years. It's a little it's if there's a pie chart of Stefan Diggs intent, some of it is definitely selfishness. I will give I, some of it is like diva selfishness. But a large part of it is, if I could translate for him, this is not the way, going back to the 2019 Vikings philosophy, this is not the way to maximize your offensive output. You can't yeah. just be handoff, handoff, pass, handoff on second and one. You need to be more aggressive taking shots or, or and throwing the ball. A second and 15. Right. And and the Buffalo Bills offense is one of the best and most dangerous in the NFL, in large part, because they targeted Stefan Diggs 166 times. And, so. and what Stefan Diggs got upset about, and, and eventually forced his way out is a cautionary tale when it comes to Justin Jefferson, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the Vikings should heed what Diggs said still now and say, boy, we've replaced Diggs with a player who is probably as good and who knows, might exceed uh, Diggs' abilities. We've got a player now. How can we keep him as happy as possible? And more importantly, for the team's success, how can you feature him? Yep. All right, my statement for you guys here, the first statement mm-hmm. out of the game. I've been very hard on Kirk Cousins. I still have questions about if you put the whole thing on Kirk and and you and you put the offense on Kirk and crunch time on Kirk, I have questions about just how much he can do in those moments. Uh when you know when the pressure is off, Kirk thrives. When the pressure is on, he's shown you some flashes against the Saints in the playoffs last year. So there are still questions, and we will talk about those things all offseason. But my statement is Kirk Cousins played the best football of his career after this week, after the bye week this year. Uh, and, and for the season, he winds up again with over 4,000 yards passing, a career high, 35 touchdown passes, and I think only two interceptions after the bye week. So he was brilliant for the most part over the last two and a half months of the season. Um, he stepped up in a big way, and he helped drive the Vikings offense to fourth in total yardage on the season. So as much as I think there are still questions about him and how much money he makes 
And I think some of the stats he puts up are sort of fake and hollow. Um, there was nothing fake and hollow about the way he played in the second half of the season, and he does deserve major credit. By the way, behind an offensive line that still can't pass protect very well, especially interior in Dakota Dozier. We'll get to him at some point. You're praising Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I did not see this being number your one first guy. Statement. What are you talking about? Yeah, I did not. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you're, you're back and forth a little bit. Yeah. All right. And you guys can join the praise. I mean, I don't have to hit the next button to get hey, to the next statement. No, that's or fine. Am I no, just no, going to no, be on an fine. island? No, that's fine. That's like, fine. Kirk was. Yeah. You know what? And Kirk did the same thing for the most part last year when he popped up and played great after struggling. Here's what I would like to see in 2021 from Kirk: get off to a really good start. Yeah. Just low starting. Like, just get off to a hot start, okay? Yeah, the one in five start wasn't all his fault, but the Falcons game, there were moments but where don't like, throw the, ten the, picks. the Titans, they could have they could have yeah. put together a game when yeah, drive. exactly right. So, but for the most part, he was anyway. Really I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. More praise than it is anything else. So yeah. my my first statement is how does this happen? So I want to reference two like major statistical points here that were pointed out uh, by one by Chris Thomason and two by Dave Campbell. So the Vikings finished fourth in the NFL in total offense. It's it's their highest ranking since 2004 when Dante basically should have won an MVP award if it wasn't for Peyton Manning breaking every passing record. It's their first top 10 ranking since far in 09. So like th- this offense in total offense was the fourth best offense in the league. And then you look at total net yards. So the Vikings accumulated 6,292 total yards. And Vikings opponents accumulated 6,292 yards. Yards, wow. the exact same amount of yards that they accumulated, they also allowed while having this top 10 offense. At the same time, Dalvin Cook in establishing the run has a great year, and I'm not trying to diminish that, but the, the constant establishing the run game when you have someone like Justin Jefferson who's emerging as the best rookie wide receiver the league's ever seen, Adam Thielen's still one of the top 10 wide wideouts in the league, Irv Smith, I think, even though he was underutilized, I, I think has potential to be a top 10 tight end. Like, there's talent all around this offense, and even though it finishes fourth in the league in, in total offense, it never really felt like it was a consistent top 10 offense. And, and I don't know if that's yards, you know, inflating some of that, which we've seen from Kirk Cousins' career before, but it's just, I don't really understand how that happens. Well, they were fourth in yards and 11th in points, which, which you know, and this is just a really primitive assessment, but when you gain that many yards and you're outside the top 10 in points, so there's something missing, right? There's right. there's something not clicking, and and I would I would even go to this other primitive assessment of the offense. They're so reliant on Delvin Cook because they 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 run block better than they pass block, and so they just sort of trust it. They've also they've also looked to acquire offensive linemen that run block in that way. They I don't think they've looked to acquire offensive linemen for the purposes of Kirk Cousins dropping back. That's a whole other philosophical discussion. But at its core, okay. When you hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook, you average five yards. When you let Kirk throw a pass, you average eight and a half yards. Eight and a half. Now that's not per completion, that's per attempt. When you drop back to and I'll even include I'll include sack yards in here. Average net yards per attempt, including sack yardage, seven and a half. Okay? So when you drop back to throw, it's seven and a half yards on average. When you hand the ball off to Dalvin, it's five yards. You do the math. Now, I'm not saying that you should just drop back every single time. There is definitely a time and a place for running the ball. The Vikings, the reason, to, to Declan's point, the reason why the offense, even as good as it was at times, still feels like it's not operating at full strength is because they tend to lean on the run more than they should. And they don't trust the pass. That's the problem. And the, the line can't protect. 
Kirk fumble sometimes. So, so like, I mean, everything that I think the eye test gives us problems because the Vikings look like, and they do have the skill position guys to be a big play, quick strike offense, but they don't really do it a lot. Yep. I would say, in, I think that's a fair thing in to general. Say. And this is a guy you're looking at a guy who literally quit football in eighth grade, and so I'd never played the game. I'll throw that out there. Can you play left guard? Maybe actually, Seriously, I've seen Daco- I've seen Dakota Dozier. That's play. one of my statements, but I'll get yeah. there. So well, you can't. You're too small. <laughs> I think in general, a chance. when you look at rushing stats, they can be misleading because you can see like when a team runs for a hundred yards, their record is this. Right. Well, what was it that built the lead to win the game? Oftentimes, it's not pounding the rock. You're pounding the rock to maintain a lead and milk clock in the second half, right? Yes. And the Vikings kind of do it the other way around. The Vikings start the game by running the ball statistically 60% of their offensive snaps in the first quarter. And so they're looking to get the lead by running the ball and establishing the run and pounding the rock. And so I think, and, and, and maybe if you were to do it the other way around, maybe it would show that, listen, Kirk can't handle it, the offensive line can't handle it, and so this is the only way that they can do it. But I think you have to find out at some point. Your best way to maximize your offense is to throw the ball more than the Vikings do when you have the weapons that the Vikings have. Yes. But are they built to do that remains to be seen. But I don't know. They haven't really given themselves a chance to. So, right, Kirk's Kirk. hands. Phil, Phil wants Let it Kirk, Kirk cook. Phil wants Let's it Kirk's prove it hands. once and for all. Give Kirk the opportunity to shine or completely fail and fall in his face. Statement two for me. Do not assume a defense can be a rebuilt overnight. Okay. I understand that guys are scheduled, scheduled. I'm not assuring things to come back. Hunter, um, Pierce, Kendricks. Some people think Bart will come back. I personally don't know about that one. But the point being is, I think there's this feeling that permeates some of the fan base, and I know it permeates the head coach's office, that my guys are back, we'll be fine. Um, those guys are older. Some have. Some of them have been hurt. In Hunter's case, he might want a substantial raise. And if he doesn't, he still has a a neck problem he's coming off of. Mike Hughes, same thing. So I'm cautioning right now to say, before we all sit here the next three months and be like, well, the defense will be fine. They're all coming back. It'll be fine. Um, This is not a league, as we have learned time and time again, gentlemen, where you simply run things back. Like, there's a danger in doing that. Yeah. And so there is work to be done here defensively because I'm assuming as long as Zim is the head coach here, he's not going to change his philosophies. So I really don't think that the Vikings are going to become in 2021 this high-flying offense. And the defense is important, but not as important. I don't believe that for a second. So before we all just assume defense is back, it's fine. Let's remember that that, can be, that, that type of statement can be a very dangerous thing in a league where a lot changes year to year. Yep, and I think to to take what you said and, and take it another step, it's because there's there's we've heard from a lot of fans on Ventline and and throughout the season that are you guys once the defensive players come back, the guys you just mentioned, and you combine it with this offense, and then whatever you can get in the first round, and if you can free up some free agency money, then we're talking Super Bowl again. And I don't know that it's that simple. I think. I don't think it's like, listen, everything was perfect if you just replace, you know, Armin Watts with Michael Pierce and Daniil Hunter, everything's going to be fine. I think you have to look at the guys that are coming back, and that's going to be a, a, a push forward. But then you have to dig a little bit deeper and look at schematics offensively, philosophy, 
Um, you know, why aren't you better at drafting and developing pass blocking offensive linemen? Like there's there's yeah. things beneath the surface that also need to be addressed. And then the most important thing of all is let's say you're a little bit wrong on your assessment and Mike Zimmer is a little bit right and that once his defensive guys do come back, now it's a top ten defense again, combined with the steps they took forward in offense. I think the question becomes is Mike Zimmer as a head coach capable of being a Super Bowl winning CEO of a 53 man roster? I think we know that he can coordinate a defense and we know that he can scheme and he can beat Drew Brees in a playoff game and that's great. But for the for Mike Zimmer to be classified as an actual Super Bowl winning CEO of a 53 man roster, mm-hmm. I think he has to be more involved in the offensive philosophy and strategy even from 30,000 feet. And I don't know that he I, has that adjustment gonna, in him. You're not going to get that. But you're like, not going to get that. Name me a coach outside of maybe Mike Ditka in 1985, where he just said, "Listen, Buddy Ryan, you're the defensive yeah. guy. I'm the offensive guy. Like it doesn't work that way anymore. You got to be more of a CEO, and that's the next evolution for Mike Zimmer. Otherwise, he'll be back to being a defensive coordinator somewhere. I, in I think. Year or two. I think that internally they're going the the. Um, Conversations are going to rotate around the fact that the belief is that they can repeat 2017. And I just don't know what's possible. And, and again, like if Barr comes back, how good is he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's great now. I don't think that he he is. He's if, always been underachieving. If Hunter comes back, if, if Hunter comes back, he's got a neck problem. OK, so like you can't just assume he's fine. So. I just think that if we just assume that the guy, that everyone coming back is going to fix what ailed the Vikings in 2020, that's a stretch to me. All right, I'm going to keep this Mike Zimmer discussion going here. My next statement is Mike Zimmer, even in his worst seasons, is a pretty damn good NFL head coach. The jury is still out on if he can be a great Super Bowl winning head coach, but his two train wreck seasons, quote unquote, were 2014 when he took over just an awful roster and they were drafting quarterbacks and they were just like in full transition from the Leslie Frazier regime and they went seven and nine. And that was, that was his worst record up until this year when again, they went seven and nine. Yep. So in a seven year uh, career with the Minnesota Vikings, he's 64, 47 and one. He's got two playoff wins, both over the saints. Um, There are far, far worse head coaches out there. So I just want to give Mike Zimmer his, like, in seasons where teams train wreck, oftentimes it's 4-12, and 3-13, and 2-14, and 14, and the Vikings are, under Mike Zimmer, 7-9. and nine. But on the other side of the coin, I am sick personally of good being good enough. This franchise needs to win a Super Bowl at some point, and so I'm not just going to pat Mike Zimmer on the back and on the head and, and Rick Spielman and say, hey, nice job, you avoided 3-13 and 13 for the umpteenth year in a row. Yeah. Congratulations. I will give credit that they don't train wreck and that they find a way to be competitive and they stay in the playoff hunt despite starting one and five. And those are all good things. But I wonder if the Vikings have too much good and not enough great at some of these key spots. Three and 13 sounded good to me. What are you sometimes, talking about? Sometimes you have to go three, three and 13, and 13 two and 14 to spark. It. I'm fine with it. No problem at all. All right. My next statement is, can you please just get a guard? Can you go get a free agent guard? There's guards on the market this year. And now some of these guys, and this is from Spotrack.com, so I don't know if these guys are entering retirement. 
I don't know if they're coming off catastrophic injuries, but like obviously Joe Thune. This the is Patriots. the part of the show where Declan just names random De- fat, guys fat guys off of the internet. And they're all dead. Yeah. Is this a relief pitcher for the Dodgers or a guard for the 49ers? You wouldn't know. Um, they're all dead and gone. You know, Joe Thune's probably going to get paid. He's probably the best guard out there right now. Uh, and, he, and he's been a, has had a great career in New England. He's in his prime, too, by the way. He's, yeah. not, he's not even 30 yet. He's 28 yeah, years old. Good. He did make 14 AAV last year, so he's, he's going to cost a lot. But other, other guards are out there. Lane Taylor is out there. Brandon Sheriff is out there. These are actually pretty competent, good guards that aren't named Drew Samia and that aren't named Dakota Dozier. Please get one guard. Just one competent guard is all I'm asking here. Like, but Brian O'Neill is a solid tackle. Riley Reef, solid tackle. I don't know if Reef's coming back, but a solid player. Yep. Just patchwork it somewhere with a guard and don't put out poor Dakota Dozier, who looks like my fifth grade science teacher trying to block people. <laughs> Just go pay a guard. And I know that's hard to do because your quarterback eats up a lot of money. Your running back eats up a lot of your money. Figure out a way to find a free agent guard who is not complete dog bleep. So is Cleveland staying at right guard then? Or is he probably going to go to left tackle if Reef departs? Or is O'Neal going to go to left tackle right. and Cleveland goes to right tackle? Yeah. That's what I can't figure out yet. The, the, the Reef thing is one of the first puzzle pieces to fall, right? Because you can yeah. save like Twelve million or something by getting rid of him. Well, and, and but he's, he's also a good left tackle. He's due five million on, I believe, the third day of the league year in March. So he'll be cut before then or not. So like we'll know pretty quickly with See, him. This is the thing. Like part, this is the conundrum that you have right now. Do you want to free up cap space? Yes, but in order to free up cap space, you might have to get rid of a guy like Riley Reef. And now you've just opened up your most important offensive line yeah. position to Cleveland a huge question mark. Prepared to move there or what's their? What's their contingency plan? I have the that's the, the pro football focus tackle grades here if you want them real quick. Yeah, we'll just reef. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see here. It's probably not too bad. So there were, it appears, 50, how many qualified tackles? There were 89 qualified tackles in the NFL this year. This is just overall grade. Okay. Riley Reef was 39th. So he was basically just a, yeah. a good, solid, solid yeah. league average tackle. That sounds right. And Brian O'Neill, see here. Yeah, Brian O'Neill was twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay. So you you have an above, above average guy, non elite, and then you have an average guy. And honestly, if the three interior offensive linemen weren't such disasters or revolving doors in terms of who's even starting, yeah, I think you'd look at your tackles and say, "Listen, we got a couple guys who are average to above average. It'd be nice to have elite, like you know, it'd be nice to have a Trent Williams or something." But um, we'll, we'll take it. It just it exposes those guys when your interior is so bad. Yep. And when you have a non-mobile quarterback, instant pressure from the left guard spot a handful of times a game is problematic. So don't get me started. Fix it. <laughs> Fix it. Don't get me started. Hey, back to Purple Daily in just a moment. Quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Another year partnership with Federated here on Purple Daily, and we are excited about that. And as a business owner. You should be excited about the tools and resources Federated is offering you going into 2021. As a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training right at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. That's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. You can find all kinds of different resources underneath the MyShield umbrella, and you can find more information about MyShield at federatedinsurance.com, or you can just download the app. And uh, if, if none of those things work for you, you can just talk to your Federated Insurance marketing representative today at federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. 
Back to Judd. Statement three. Dalvin Cook had one of the best seasons by a Viking running back in franchise history, despite the fact that he missed two games. He rushed for 1,557 yards with 16 touchdowns, and he also caught, and this is very important, 44 passes, okay? The statement is that's the bright spot. The not-so-bright spot is despite all of that production, the Vikings went 7-9. and nine. And so this sort of tells you the story of, of valuing things that players can do but don't necessarily contribute to a major victory total. Um, and I, I think that this is probably a very fair and indicative sign of the Vikings' philosophy and why offensively it doesn't really work consistently. You just basically used up, and I think that this is probably not a debatable statement, you just basically used up one of what's going to be the greatest years of Cook's career. But probably in three years or two years, he's going to start to decline, in part because of the production and the workload that he took on in 2020, right? So I think that there is a cautionary tale, again, to be told by the fact that you basically drove Dalvin Cook in 2020 into the ground, and he gave you everything in 14 games that he possibly had, and you still finished not one but two games below 500. You know, since we're we're pulling all kinds of nuggets from the internet today here, just out of curiosity, because this this feels very similar to the Adrian Peterson era in that you've got this amazing, shiny, fast, powerful Ferrari in your backfield, right? Yes, you do. Yep. Hall of Fame bound. Adrian Peterson's a first ballot guy. And I think Dalvin Cook, if he keeps playing like this for like another three to five years, could also be on that trajectory. Like he's playing at a Hall of Fame level if he just keeps doing this for a while. Okay. But in today's NFL, going back to like basically the early 2000s, it doesn't guarantee you victories like having a great offensive line does or like having a great defensive line does or having a great quarterback, right? It's more of a luxury item. And so I just wanted to go back and see when Adrian Peterson really started to make actual money. How did the Vikings perform record-wise? And then I thought, wait a second. It doesn't really matter. Like, him making money is one thing. They also spent a top 10 pick on a running back, right? Yes, he felt So in terms of financial resources or top draft resources, when you're committing those things to a running back, what are your team records? Well, the Vikings, under uh, the Adrian Peterson regime, they went uh, 8-8, 10-6, 12 and 4 when they got to Brett Favre, and that was the first time they won playoff games. Eureka! 6 and 10, 3 and 13, 10 and 6, no playoff win, 5, 10 and 1. And then his last year, I think, was was it 14? No, 14, 15, 7 and 9. Yep. Um, They did go 11 and 5 in 2015, um, and they, and they, uh, they should have won a playoff game, but Blair Walsh can't make a 27-yarder. And guess who fumbled in that game in a very key situation? He did. And then Dalvin Cook finally gets paid 7-9. and nine. And so, you know, again, this, there's so many other things that go into a defense, having a good quarterback, but um, but it's just you pay a running back like that before you've taken care of your offensive line, before you've taken care of your pass rushers, before you've figured out, you know, quarterback in some of these cases. It's, it's the backwards way of building a franchise. Yes. I think paying... Dalvin Cook should have been a reward for already having a great offensive line. And now it kind of feels like Dalvin well, Cook is there to sort of bail out the offensive line. Right, because the problem poorly. is they, they can actually run block, but pass protection is far more important. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, you're masking the ineptitude of the line, which, by the way, is the fault of the people who built that line, right? And Cook bail, to your point, Cook bails them out, but it's not the right way to go about it. 
you know, Alex Madison is not as good as Dalvin Cook. He's not even on the – like, Dalvin Cook is a Tier 1 running back. Alex Madison, if given playing time, might be a Tier 2 running back, right? Yeah. Alex Madison, behind an average run-blocking offensive line, averaged four and a half yards per carry this year. Yeah. Dalvin That's Cook was five. He is not as good as Dalvin Cook. He's not as explosive, not as dangerous, doesn't doesn't take up as much game planning. But if you were to tell me, you said Joe Thune makes $14 million average annual value, Declan, I think. I think you said Thune makes 14. Yep, 14. If you're telling me I got $14 million to spend and I can I can have two above average tackles and I can spend that 14 to really shore up the middle of my line in pass protection and everything, but I have to sacrifice a star running back to do that, I probably make that trade-off. And that's well, even acknowledging how great the running back you is. You definitely do. Why? But we do it backwards here for 15 years. Why do with you this do team. it? Because of this. If you have uh, sufficient pass protection, and let's say Cousins is just fine, let's say he's damn good, okay? If you give him sufficient time to throw, okay? Tell me this. Do you prefer to have Dalvin Cook be the featured player in your offense or let's say Cousins Jefferson? Like to me, it's not even close. Yeah. If you had, like, if you had great pass blocking offensive line, Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, and now the amazing dual tight end set of Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith. I love Tyler Conklin. Goodbye, man. Kyle Rudolph next year. I don't think you'd be lamenting the fact that you didn't have a top three running back. Of course right? you, you wouldn't You'd be. say, oh, it'd be really nice to have you would that. Just, you would find guys that would be sufficient. Yep. That's all you do. Yep. Anyway. Uh, so actually, you know, my next statement, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go further down this offensive line path. And it's actually another praise to Kirk Cousins, okay? My guy. <laughs> my guy, Kirk Cousins. The fourth quarter pharaoh. That's right. Captain comeback himself. The secondary slayer, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he tears apart bad teams. We know that. Doing all these things behind, according to Pro Football Focus, the 28th ranked pass blocking unit in the NFL. And it's even worse when you extrapolate to the entire Mike Zimmer era. The Vikings offensive line in terms of pass protection, according to PFF, ranks 28th this year, 27th last year, 27th in 2018, 17th in 2017, 30th, 28th, and 23rd. Declan already said it. Find a damn guard. And I'll say it even more. Find anyone that can hold up for three seconds. What if you... Three seconds is Declan's dating life. Can you hold up wow. for three seconds, Dex? Yeah. Three seconds. Wow. And give the quarterback a little more time to operate. And then maybe schematically, the coaching staff might open up the gates to throw the ball more to guys like Justin You know, my Dex. fear, my fear is that Garrett Bradbury can't really pass protect. Not consistently, at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that's I don't, a first round pick. I don't boys. even think it's a fair. I think it's just a reality. Okay, but that's a first round pick. Like at least the guards are just off the scrap heap and bye. See you later. Um, Garrett Bradbury's an investment of the first class. Garrett Bradbury, man, we're just PFF is. But uh, this is really concerning. Like this to me is this is the anchor of your line and a place at which the Vikings have traditionally found really good players. 38 qualified starting centers in the NFL this season. This is going to be good. I can tell from your voice. Where do you think Garrett Bradbury ranked? You should ask that. Among pass protectors. 38 qualified centers. Um, boy, since you said it that way, I'm going to say like 31. In pass protection or overall? Just pass, pass protection. protection. Uh, like 35. 38th. Oh, my God. He was dead last. last. Are you serious? So, if you're tallying up at <laughs> okay. home, okay. The Vikings, I amend my statement. I now know he can't pass protect. The Vikings starting left guard, Dakota Dozier, ranked dead last overall among all left guards. Yep. And Garrett, he allowed the most pressures. 
And Garrett Bradbury ranked dead last among pass protectors at center in the NFL this season. And you have a non-mobile quarterback yeah. up the middle of pressure, non-mobile quarterback. And you used a first-round pick on that center. Yep. And so, you know, again, to the Kirk Cousins conversation, well, why are you guys so hard on Kirk Cousins? Well, what, what, let's go away from that for a second. What I'm saying is it's actually, I think, easier to just find a mobile quarterback than it is to find five great offensive linemen. And the Vikings have sort of chosen yeah, the path yeah, of they need to find five great offensive linemen to protect their non-mobile quarterback. <laughs> no, they, no, that's the problem. They didn't. They chose the path of he'll get by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Declan. Uh, to defend my dating life here, just in a, in, in, in the smallest just three amount, seconds. just three seconds, three seconds. It's, it's kind of not like, even a rodeo. It's like you claim you you are an eligible bachelor and, and you want to be changing, but you keep talking to girls from high school. Like, stop talking to the same girls from high school. Go find something else. Go find something that's more worthwhile that you can patchwork your life with. But Dakota Dozier and I went to prom together. Yeah, but Dakota Dozier and you kissed under the tree on the baseball field when you were sixteen, and you keep going back to her ten years later. Move on. <laughs> I don't have that issue. I want to make that very clear. Anyway, my next statement is, yes, Mike Zimmer deserves some criticism for the defense, but it's actually Rick Spielman. And I want a hat tip to Skull Reddit for finding this out. These are all the Vikings defensive draft picks from 2016 to 19. So I know guys like in this last year in Dantzler and Gladney might turn out okay, okay, all right? But from 2016 to 19, these are all the defensive players the Vikings draft. It's really not that long of a list. In the first round, Mike Hughes is the only one. Injured and honestly a bust. Like, I'm calling Mike Hughes a bust at this point. He's a bust right now. He's a bust. The only second-round player they've taken in that time, Mackenzie Alexander, a decent player. You let him walk in free agency. No one in the third round. In the fourth round, you've drafted Jaleel Johnson, poor performer. Jalen Holmes, not good. Ben Gideon, not on the team. Fifth round, Kentrell Brothers and Cameron Smith, neither on the team. Sixth round, Armin Watts, Marcus Epps, and Ade, Ade Aruna. One of those guys is still on the team. And then a list of seventh-rounders, too, who are no longer with the team. From first, So basically, for four drafts, 16, 17, 18, 19, you basically have had nothing hit on a draft pick defensive-wise. So, yes, even wow. though Mike Zimmer, I think I'm more criticized of him because I, I just, I'm just shocked he wasn't able to come up with more schematic ways to, to make up for the lack of it, but I understand why he can't, as Judd's pointed out in Mackie and Judd today. But Rick Spielman does deserve blame for also – Picking these players that either Mackenzie Alexander is the only decent one, and it's not like Mackenzie Alexander is a star. Zim's involved too, though. Sure, Th- those are his guys as well. So that that's why after the Saints loss, it was really frustrating to hear Mike say mm-hmm. those weren't my guys. Well, actually, Mike, they, they were. are your guys. Yeah. So I would say they're develop both, them. They're both handcuffed at the hip or handcuffed yeah. at the wrist, obviously for for missing on for four straight years of defensive players. I agree with you. Wow, that's a, that's an amazing list right there. Well, and and we we give them you know praise for for uh, Hunter, right? They found him third round, correct? Mm-hmm. And we give them a, a ton of praise. So when they actually have the list, the decks just went through of that many guys who didn't succeed. That's pretty damning. And you're always going to have more whiffs than hits in a draft period. Like sure. I, I'd, I'd like to see sort of for sure. You know what's what's a good batting average in the draft in terms of like finding starting caliber players? But if you can find twenty percent or something, you got to find some guys, right? Yeah. So um, I'm out of statements for. We have a million things we're going to get into for the rest of the the week and month. But Judd, any final statements from you here? I'm good for now. Yeah, we'll say <laughs> I'm them. good for now. There's plenty. There's plenty more to dissect in the coming days as we as we again for the umpteenth year figure out how to fix the Vikings. Yep. So and no one will listen to us. That's the problem. We're, we're planning on keeping this thing going seven days a week on Purple Daily all throughout the offseason. And so so Mondays, starting next week, 
this week will be a little bit more of our, our normal schedule, kind of sort of molding into the new one. But on Mondays, you can expect Mock Draft Mondays and a draft-related guest as we do deep dives into what the Vikings might do with their first-round pick. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, how to fix the Vikings series as long as it takes us. It might take us all the way up until training camp next year. Uh, on Wednesdays, write that down. Migrates and expands to a Viking-centric Purple Daily edition. And then also Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we've got some stuff planned that we will roll out in the coming weeks. So thank you guys for hanging out with us all season and for jumping into the offseason with us. Those are your Viking statements on this Monday. Phil Mackey, Judd Zulga, Declan Goff, Purple Daily. See you tomorrow.